3: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often-overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, I've got my brother Travis with me as always, and this is our last stop on the Hughes tunage. We're covering Pretty in Pink tonight, John Hughes' Teen Rom-Com from 1986. Uh, I, dude, I just finished watching this like an hour ago. Now, was that the first time you've seen it all the way through? I have definitely seen it before. It's been a while, though. Big fan, dude. Big fan. Yeah, I really, really enjoy this film. Um,
1: And like, coming off of our, our discussions of Sixteen Candles especially, but also... Weird science to some extent. Yeah. It's nice to see... And we we didn't watch Breakfast Club, at least for this batch of episodes. But going from 16 Candles to Pretty in Pink, seeing a female lead character who has
3: agency over her decisions and stuff, eh, stands up for herself. She stands up for herself. She's fucking smart as hell. Yeah. And she has like a real relationship with her father they treat each other you know with respect both of them do that is my favorite thing of this film dude is the relationship between her and her dad it's fucking yeah. great they have like real conversations you know and talk about problems that they're going through you know and talk it out that's dude one of my favorite
1: lines from the film is when she's talking to him about uh their mother her mother yeah uh, who, who leaves he, them? She does. Yeah. It's, it's done, not a death. Yeah. Sounds like she went out for a pack of cigarettes type of thing. Yeah. But like, yeah. she, you know, she's just kind of bringing them down to reality. You know, you got to get over her, yeah. whatever, yeah. yada, yada. And he's like, you know, when is a daughter s- supposed to be smarter than the father? You know, and then. Yeah, yeah. I just love that shit, man.
3: Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So this film. We're jumping the gun
1: a little bit. Yeah, but well, I was just going to say it's got a lot of heart and it, yes. it has the same kind of. I f- I feel like it is it's no surprise that he went and wrote Ferris Bueller's Day Off shortly afterward, right? Like you can tell he's getting better as a writer. Um like when you watch all of these films next to each other, right?
3: Yeah, and what I noticed more than anything um the the dialogue, the script, right. The writing it's it's much more real. The conversations that the characters have with each other feel more um, genuine. Yeah. And, exactly. And and because you know, and because they're some, you know, they're talking about things that don't necessarily move the plot along in some scenes. You know, it's just conversations with, with friends. Right. Uh should we should we do a, a brief synopsis real quick and then get dump jump into the tunes? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well let me just let's just read this is a nice short and sweet, one sentence long description. A poor girl must choose between the affections of dating her childhood sweetheart or a rich but sensitive playboy. That wraps it up pretty nicely, actually.
1: See, I never really saw her and Ducky or or Ducky as a, a childhood sweetheart. Like I never it never looked to me like she was ever grappling with the decision to date Ducky. Ducky obviously was pining for her.
3: Has been in love with her since they were kids, probably. Yeah. That's right. We'll we'll get to that later. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so Andy is is uh Molly Ringwald's character. And Ducky is her childhood best friend. Played by who, John Cryer. He's a funny ass dude, he's funny. Really funny. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he's good. As a kid, yeah. you know. And um yeah what what I liked about the movie and about the characters he w- took a different route for a romantic comedy and where he made it um you know it's a it's a rich versus poor thing you know not a not necessarily a popular a popular kid versus a uh, a nerd you know necessarily it's more about sh- you know being shameful or you know should you be ashamed of how much money you have and should that get in the way of who you date and that goes for both her character and what's the name of of the the rich kid blaine is his his name blaine yeah yeah yeah, yeah a lot of interesting uh
1: and we got to talk about the 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 giant asshole that uh james spader played oh man holy crap yeah, who,
3: so he plays he's another rich kid who's good friends with blaine I mean, like over the top
1: caricature of rich asshole, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, he was well cast. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, anyway. And I
3: like how all the I like how all the teenagers are smoking cigarettes. Like, there's even a scene where one of uh, Andy's friends, she's like smoking a cigarette in the gymnasium during school hours, <laughs> like right. just sitting in the corner smoking cigarettes. Sure. And Andy's like, "Put that out, man! What are you doing?" <laughs> Oh well, yeah. So all right, so we're we're talking about the music obviously.
1: This is what we're focused on. Um yes. I this felt to me like a return to um the just the um, like the amount of music that you got in um in 16 candles. Now 16 candles as we talked about was all over the map as far as like you had the Godfather theme song and the Dragnet theme song, really wacky stuff yeah. like that. He didn't really do yeah. any of that kind of stuff on this film but it was a lot of post punk new wave stuff and a lot of like synth pop kind of stuff which he's done a lot like that's kind of his bread and butter i feel like his new wave you know which i mean hello, yeah. that's
3: because of the decade right um, and but, we should say too that the the film is named after the psychedelic furs song right it's not like the pretty
1: it's not like pretty in pink by psychedelic furs was written for the film it came out several years earlier on an album called Talk Talk Talk. Um and they actually they re-recorded it for the film. They did they they did a a, a I guess a more polished like poppier version of the song. It's less aggressive than the original version, but yeah, he named the movie after the song, which is kind of cool. Again, just shows you how obsessive John Hughes is with music, right? He's he's naming a movie after a song from a a, a new wave band, you know. So that's kind of cool. Here's what I like about this film too, and we and we're gonna actually play one of these songs. We're actually gonna play the clip from the film. Music is such an integral part of this film that there are two scenes where they're actually in a a bar, which I'm c- kind of confused
3: about because none of them are of age. But oh no, they they talk about that. Ducky's sitting with that the bouncer guy at the, at the in the alley behind that uh club and he's confused as to why the guy always lets his friend andy in but he never okay so they just let her go so the guy lets gotcha yeah yeah. yeah. anyway um
1: there's a live band in the film two different live bands one of them is called uh talk back and the other one is called um the rave ups i believe and they're actually like part of the film like they're in the background playing a live set right which is the kind of stuff that you and I did when we were in high school. We'd go to concerts and stuff, and it was the coolest fucking thing. Oh yeah.
3: When you're in high school to go to concerts, right? Yeah. And let's mention too that Andy works at a record store. That's so right. That's fucking yeah. cool. So this is
1: like part of the fucking film, dude. Music runs through this whole thing. Oh yeah. All right, Q. So let's let's play this scene here. Um this is one of the the club scenes where um you know, uh, Ducky is outside because he's not allowed to go in because uh, the bouncer wouldn't let him in. And um, Andy is inside talking with some friends, listening to some live music. And the band uh, in the background is called Talk Back. And there's not much info on these guys. They're a ska band. And um, it sounds like from, from what I've read that, that they are now called Headbone. Or at least that's the, you know, of the members of Talkback that are still playing music together. They go by Headbone now. But this song in the film is called Rudy. And apparently it's a really rare ska song to, to find. Like the, I'm reading a, a blog post from 2010 where somebody's like, Rudy by Talkback, finally the missing song from Pretty in Pink. And so like there were three songs that weren't on the official soundtrack. All three of them being uh, the songs from those yeah, bands. From the club scenes, basically. And the other band, um, they were called like the rave ups or something like that.
3: That's not rare. You can find their stuff anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This song, like we're playing the actual clip from the movie. Like I couldn't even find a, a, a solid, like high quality, legit recording of this song. Yeah. So yeah. Like the only, the only version of it out there is this bar scene yeah well i mean
1: apparently there is there is an mp3 of it out there but i i like the live scene me too i like the version that they play that's what that's what this person was saying in this blog post is that you can find versions of the song but they don't sound like the live version so maybe when if they ever got around to recording it maybe they changed some of it but what we hear on the movie is is a really great um take on the song however it sounds now right
3: so yeah let's let's play it this is going to be cut straight to that scene and the first thing you see is the stage and the band playing the song and then we'll fade out towards uh once they start having their conversation at the bar table all right so here is talk back and their song rudy i st- you ever considered going
1: out with somebody that had money what a great song dude yeah man uh the funny thing is like uh, as this person was alluding to like this is the missing song from the pretty and Pink* soundtrack there's probably so many people out there that for years were trying to track this band down and figure out who they were and and you know because the song is so great and it's so prominently featured like it's a straight shot of them doing their live performance for what like 30 seconds you know
3: yeah and dude i'm pretty sure that the lead singer is Dana Carvey. <laughs> he looks just like him, dude. But no, that's ta- going back to what we've been saying about John Hughes and what makes his films so great. You know, he's just he's a huge music fan and the fact that Talk Back is a band that you can barely even find information about them online, you can't find good copies of their music, you know, that just proves that this just again is just another under the radar band that John Hughes you know just had to have in, in one of his films
1: yeah and i think it you know he didn't direct this film but there's no way he didn't have some involvement in deciding which bands were going to be featured in these scenes yeah. cuz this is like it's a really cool scene to see and i think it captures life as a as a high school kid pretty well as far as like we all remember those Those, uh, you know, our first concert, you know, or just going to these clubs when you're in high school or college or whatever, like this brought me back to that and made me nostalgic for live shows, just seeing the scene, which is crazy to think that like there's nostalgia for live shows because it's been so long since we've been able to do that.
3: You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and it's funny too because, like you said, Ducky's in the alley talking to the the right. bouncer guy. He won't let he won't let him in, so Ducky doesn't even know. Because Andy starts talking to her friend about like what are her views on dating a rich Ooh, person. That's a good call. So poor cute. Ducky. I didn't I didn't put that together, but yeah, he that's why when it finally he doesn't he doesn't even
1: know yet that she has a crush on this guy. He doesn't see it until he shows up at the record store. <laughs> at the record store for, the, store. for yeah. the date night, you know. So yeah. or Dougie, you know he puts on this great performance in the in the record store of uh was it otis (laughs) redding or whatever i think i think it's otis redding yeah and he's like this is it this is going to be this is going to be the move that that
3: wins her over yeah he dances around and lip syncs to otis redding yeah yeah she's just not having it though man yeah all right dude so you want to move on yes all right so so yeah we're going to play the um the, the, the title
1: track of the film by Psychedelic Furs called Pretty in Pink. Uh, we're going to play the original track off the album, not the one that shows up in the film. Because like I said, they we recorded it just for the film. We're going to play the actual uh, song from Talk, Talk, Talk. It came out in 1981. So five years earlier uh, than the film. So yeah, let's listen to this. Uh, you'll recognize it from the movie, but uh, it might sound a little bit different. All right, here it is, Pretty in Pink by the Psychedelic Furs.
3: I gotta say, Trev, I never got into the psychedelic furs. I know you dove into them a little bit more. Do do a lot of their songs have have this vibe? Yeah. They're,
1: I gotta say, they're kind of one note, if you will. A lot of their songs yeah. sound like this. I'm just a really big fan of one particular song, which was a single. Uh it's called Love My Way. Yep, oh, that's a good one. That's a fucking killer song, dude. Now, isn't that in the uh wedding singer oh i have no idea track with adam sandler Maybe. it wouldn't be spraying. <laughs> it is um uh, but dude that love my ways is, is is one of my favorite uh 80s tracks i want to say that they showed up on the um
3: on the one of the grand theft auto soundtracks see now that might be there's probably miami vice because that's the one yeah. that i played it would have been that one it definitely would have been that
1: one yeah, that one. yeah. yeah. um yeah, of course, and it was "Love My Way." There you go. That was probably my introduction to the song because I was, you know, I played Vice City when it came out. Did I say Miami Vice earlier? You might have said Miami. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. Don't know Vice what City.
3: I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> so uh, Vice City came out.
3: God, I want to look this up, dude. This is gonna make me feel old. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be depressing, dude. Probably 2005, 2006, probably even earlier than that. 2002. Dude. We were in high school for sure. Jesus Christ. So, um,
1: yeah, dude. What did we play that on Xbox? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I would have played it on Xbox. Yeah. Good times, man. Good fucking times. Man. You know what, dude? <laughs> what? I bet you that soundtrack introduced a lot of people from our generation to
3: eighties music that they may never have heard. There's a lot of good eighties music on that on those on those radio stations. Exactly.
1: Anyway. All right, let's um like we've been doing. Uh let's let's play another track here. A non single. This is what we like to do. And do you right want to here. play one from Talk, Talk, Talk? Yes. Um, so we're going to play a song called Mr. Jones.
3: Pushing us into the '80s, and this is like first wave new wave.
1: Uh, I think new wave goes back to like the late '70s with like Talking Heads and stuff. Yeah, and the Cars. But this is definitely like punk new wave. It's a know? little
3: more punk. Yeah. But I, you know, I was listening to it, and I was trying to put like a Cars spin on it, and it totally works as a Cars song. I would love to hear that. That'd be great. Yeah. But like it's it's kind of it's it's that more kind of like how you know like the Ramones are more like pop punk you know I don't know if pop punk's the right word for the Ramones but you know what I mean like it, it's the more upbeat kind of punk. The cars would fit that bill, I think. But it's but it's with the new wave flair, you know, the the new sound that that was you yeah. know, forming in the eighties. But yeah, definitely. It's got the punk origin, you know, the punk roots definitely still there.
1: Yeah, I want to say Talking Heads was like one of the first bands to get that label thrown on them. I think we talked about that on our new wave um or our talking heads episode that we did way back in the day, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move along here, dude. Um so this next artist cue, you were excited when you saw that uh, that this guy showed up on the soundtrack. So you you are a fan, or you, you've you've listened to this guy in the past. His name is Jesse Johnson. So what makes this guy such a badass?
3: Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about him and my my history with him. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you guys go way back, huh?
3: We good, dude. We go a few years back. I I first stumbled upon him at a half price books. Mm. Flipping through the records, dude. Did you find
1: this exact record? Yes. Ooh, dang! No wonder you purchased it in a fucking hot second.
3: Of course, dude. I know. You look at that album cover.
1: I would defy anybody to not want to purchase that immediately when they see it. We're talking about Jesse Johnson's review, and that's the name of the record.
3: Yep, and that was his debut album. So this guy, so this guy used to play in Prince's band, um, and it's it definitely sounds like it. You know,
1: it's that same yeah. kind of style.
3: Now, hang on. Let me make sure I get this right, dude. So, there's a band called Time. Have you heard of them? The Time, yeah. Yep. So that was a band formed by Prince, uh, and Jesse Johnson was the lead guitarist for Time originally. Dude, I want to do an episode
1: on Prince, but I want to I want to focus on his early stuff.
3: Same, dude. I, dude, his, I would love to do that. His early stuff is amazing. Yeah, man. let's do that. So, you take one look at Jesse Johnson's review, of the album cover. Actually, no. You do. You, I did one other thing before I decided that. Oh, this is definitely going home with me. I flipped it and looked at the back, and let me tell you, dude, it is gold. I'm going to show it to you right now. Back of this thing. Gold. You hear me? Gold. Okay. I got to see if I can find a large enough. Here we go. Here we go. Look oh, at the members dude. of this brand, dude. Yeah. And tell me that guy second from the left. How is that not Michael Keaton? Hmm. Now we're starting to connect dots
1: because Prince shows up on Batman. Dude. Now it's all coming
3: together. Anyways. Yeah. I was, I, I had to buy it. This is like the just the perfect 80s pop record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, everything about yeah, that. Yeah, Just think early Prince. Anyways, let's just play some of it.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Let's just say this. So, technically, the song that is featured in Pretty in Pink by Jesse Johnson was released on the soundtrack so it it wasn't tied to another jesse johnson album uh it was just part of the pretty in pink soundtrack so we're going to hear that one first and this song is the song that plays in the background at the asshole rich party that they go to that so basically blaine is the dude's name you know he's he's asked he's asked andy out Hey, let's let's you know you want to go out or whatever. Yeah, he he really likes it. And her. she's like, "Tee he, yes." And then they go on a date. He takes her to his rich turd face. His friend, what is his friend's name? Steph or something like that, right? Steph yeah, <laughs> takes him to a part of this guy's house, and this is the song that's playing in the background. Now, I would argue that Turd McGee would not be listening to cool music like this, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, here we go. So this is uh, a song by Jesse Johnson called Get to Know Ya.
3: Tell you, dude, that song is a snooze compared to all the songs on Jesse Johnson's review.
1: Yeah, he uh, he probably just phoned it in for for John.
3: So, did John approach Jesse? I bet you he did write a song for pretty. Here's why
1: I think he did, dude, because as both of us noticed, this record is featured like in two different places in the record store that andy works in like you can uh, see jesse johnson's yeah that record cover yeah. is like yeah, there's, a, his,
3: there's a poster yeah so i'm that yeah, to yeah. me says
1: john hughes was a fan um because as as i as i read about you know as with all of his films john hughes was obsessed with the, the music right and yeah. like uh, from what i read there's a quote from the Costume designer, Marilyn Vance, who I I recognized her name in the credits for Weird Science, and I think she's worked with him. She's kind of like his Ira Newborn, right? Gotcha. She says here, the music he chose, especially for Pretty in Pink, it just altered my whole everything. It just got me into something. And that's really a lot aside from what he wrote about the character in the script. It just brought it to life. He'd say, "Okay, this scene, I'm going to drop this music into there," and he'd play it, and it was incredible. It just danced in your head. Yeah, that's great, man, and that's
3: that's so cool. She's it's saying that it basically like-,
1: like it tied everything together when she would when he would play the song for her. You know, think about it, she's the costume designer, so like even
3: with the music yeah. choices that John Hughes is bringing to the table, she says it kind of ties everything together. So yeah, so so I can I can yeah I can definitely see that where. Yeah, if you're working on the film before you see the final version of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes, Okay, and this scene, like this is the song we're gonna play during it. And she hears it and she like she was saying, that changed everything, like that brought the movie even more to life. Yeah. Changed everything. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure John Hughes was a fan of, of Jesse Johnson, right? Yeah. And let me tell you, Trev, after listening to Jesse Johnson's view, I was a big fan too, man. And we're gonna play my favorite song from that album
1: which is funny cuz i i picked this track without even asking you like what your favorite track was off of the album, but so, like this one jumped out to me too like i was such a fan That's of it it's a
3: fucking banger dude yeah it's, it's so awesome. good yeah. man all right so we're going right. to
1: listen to a song off of Jesse Johnson's review called just too much
3: after that line dude there's nothing not to like about it i know man It's had a double negative girl you're like a fast car everyone wants a ride you know what i'm saying take that the truth man
1: <laughs> but yeah um yeah man just perfect like quintessential 80s song you know what i mean
3: i mean yeah dude like this was the new sound you yeah know, with the synthesizer and like yeah the, everything dude the the imagery, like the 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 whole package that they were delivering, dude. Yeah, this definitely. was it, man. This was the new. This was the new everything. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it it
1: does sound like it could be a a Prince like, you know, B side or something like that. Um, totally. I mean, Prince would. have, Well, no, no need to say that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, great song, and this make this makes me love John Hughes even yeah. more. You know. Exactly. Um. All right, so we have one more track, dude. So I think I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to, to talk about, like with the film. I think. Well, this isn't a movie review podcast. It's not, but yeah, I think it's not. Should. But we 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 you know we pointed out some things that bothered us about um, 16 Candles.
3: Well, I will say, you know, if we're gonna go down that route, I, are we gonna I talk about gonna Ducky? Turn, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about Ducky. Let's talk about Ducky. Okay. Uh he's a little bit too clingy. Obsessive? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Entitled? Look, he's 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 madly in love. Yes. And he's been in love with this girl probably since they met and they're childhood friends. Right. I get that. Yes. But he was a total dick at the bar when she brings Blaine to to meet up with him at that bar. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. total dick. Oh, and then he and then he kisses her best friend, yeah. the the other the older uh, girl that works at the
1: record store. Yeah, she's um, that's what's her name? What's the actor's name? Oh, I don't know. She was in Ghostbusters. Yeah, she's she's the receptionist in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Annie Potts, I think is her name. Um, yeah, but you yeah, know, Let's just. There is a he he um, perfectly uh, captured. The stereotype the I think it's called like nice guy stereotype mm. nice guy yeah. trademark, I think it yeah, usually yeah. has the trademarks all next but, which is like you know nice guy equals entitled to a date or love or something like that, meaning like hey i've you know i I've always been nice to you, you know, yeah, I'm, and I've always protected you, yeah, and i've always I've always been there for you, so therefore why aren't you in love with me yet? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And that's ducky, like perfectly distilled, right? Now, of course he circles around toward the end and becomes the, he
3: he proves that he really is a a true friend to Andy. You know, I think he lets, he, he lets his jealousy. He pushes that aside and yeah, he says, go after him, you know, sure. Still got a chance. Here's the thing, Q. You ready for this? I'm ready. That is not,
1: the original ending that John Hughes wanted for this film. His original idea was to get Ducky and Andy together to pair them off. Okay. But at the last second, the director wanted to do it the way that they did it. And you know why? I don't know if it was the director specifically, but the studio maybe uh, were concerned that, that the movie would have come off as, as classist if Okay. They didn't pair the poor girl and the rich guy together, which is fucking ridiculous. That's stupid, especially when you consider the way that they they ended it.
3: It ends kind of abruptly.
1: Yes, but like that's just fucking dumb, dude. But whatever.
3: And you know what? We're not. I feel like we're we're speaking too vaguely. I also don't think. If that, you're curious, go watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I also don't think that Ducky and Andy made sense together. I think they made sense as, as best friends. Yeah, sure. Sure, but uh,
1: anyway, so yeah, um, I really related to, to um those those two characters, Andy and 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 Ducky. Like, I feel like me too. I had friends like that. I knew people like yeah. that.
3: They dressed differently. Exactly. Th- know, that was my
1: group. You know, my 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 people, if you will. Um, yeah. Back in the day, back when I was in high school, those are the kind of people I would gravitate toward. People that are a little bit off, a little bit different. Um the 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 thrift store clothing you know making your own clothes not because yeah not in her case it's because she was bored but like because you don't want to follow the trends and
3: stuff. oh i did that shit all the time dude
1: you don't want to right
3: there with you Ben yeah exactly
1: so anyway um all right q we got one more track actually we got two so more technically tracks. we got two more oh, crap
3: we got one more band one more band so this and hey can i just say dude I can't wait to play my what you heard for you man. You're going to love it. Oh shit, I got to pick a what you heard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um So this group is a little a little band called New Order, which I mean, everybody knows who New Order is, right?
3: I think so, yeah.
1: I got to say, man, after listening to these two songs, this is one of those groups that I realize that um I just don't I don't have enough um experience with these guys and and listening to these two tracks made me realize I need to uh,
3: need to maybe pay attention to these guys a little bit, for a little bit, you know? There's no time like the present, dude, you know, especially with music. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter how late you get into the game. Sure. <laughs> so,
1: um, New Order, if we wanted to give a quick synopsis of who these fellows are. Um, they formed after the demise of Joy Division. As in, after Ian Curtis committed suicide, all the other members of the band formed New Order. And that happened in 1980. So, these guys are all over the soundtrack, by the way. There's actually three tracks from them on the soundtrack. Uh, And all of them, I believe... No, that's not true. I was going to say all of them are written specifically for the movie, but that is not true. The two tracks that we are playing actually showed up as a... So, the track featured in the film was a single that they came out with in 1984 it's called thieves like us and this song is played during the scene where annie is piecing together her pink prom dress from the the dress that her sweet father fucking bought for her because he's a nice dude <laughs> i love that guy man the actor yeah just that was perfect casting i just have to say um what's that actor's
3: name i want to i want to I wanna say his name correctly here just that yeah, dude. Sometimes when I'm watching a movie I'm thinking like, I wonder how hard this must have been for this actress to look at this guy and like, This is my father. But with him, like she must have been thinking the whole like yeah, this really is my no dad. No acting, you know.
1: No acting involved. Yeah.
3: Like yeah. this is my dad. His
1: name is Harry Dean Stanton. Um, uh, best known for his role in Alien as Brett. But yeah, man, um you know why? You know why he was perfectly cast? Because he's not your your typical looking 80s dad, right? Yeah. Like he's not, um, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like you look at the dad from Ferris Bueller even, or the dad from Sixteen Candles even. Like there's this kind of like generic white dude dad.
3: Well, yeah, it's it's a very one-dimensional character. Right. Harry
1: Dean Stanton cast as her, her single father. It's the perfect casting dude, especially with the kind of the plot points that he had where he was kind of working part-time and she was trying to get him a job he was struggling with a lot i think he may have been my favorite part of the film anyway all right so while she's piecing together this uh her iconic pink prom dress this song is playing in the background it's called thieves like us by new order So there's actually uh, a verse and chorus and stuff that comes in later. But the movie actually just had an instrumental version of the song, and that's basically what you heard is that kind of intro, right?
3: Yeah, and honestly, do while I was watching it, I figured that this was an Ira Newborn piece. Really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Iron Newborn is
1: not featured on this film. There's another composer um uh, that shows up. But that just tells you how how it tells you how Iron Newborn was basically like you know, had the the fucking pulse of pop music when he was writing this kind of stuff, right? Like the the song that we played last week on Weird Science, right? Oh yeah, the Lost on the Internet. Yeah, song. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that was uh, Thieves Like Us. So we're gonna play the B side of this single um, uh, that came out. I think it came out in 1984. Uh, so we're gonna play another New Order song here called Lonesome Tonight.
3: me more of that please i love that song me too yeah i love that little breakdown there between the two verses took a little quiet guitar day going on in the background so really cool
1: so many bands from so many indie bands from the 2010s tapped Mm -hmm. right into this sound dude big time they must have been fans. oh yeah of course yeah but like you know the indie sound i'm thinking like you know even bands like arcade fire a little bit maybe just tad maybe a little bit yeah maybe the shins a little bit yeah to me this this could have come out as a as a single in in the 2000s and i think it would have charted you know oh yeah for sure well to the extent that indie music charted back in the 2010s um but yeah it would have it would have gotten some, some traction, i think but um yeah i think you know it tapped into a little bit of, of shoegaze a little bit a little bit oh absolutely it's the guitar the tone of the guitar the reverb yeah Anyway. um, Good stuff. Good stuff, right? So that was Lonesome Tonight by New Order. All right, Q, we've reached the end of our journey together through a few iconic John Hughes films. We started with Ferris Bueller, which was great. We ended on another high note with Pretty in Pink.
3: I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And, dude, we we listened to some great music these last – four weeks that's
1: true music that we probably never would have listened to no way especially a song like this the b-side to some obscure single by new order yeah, yeah. No. totally obscure you know aside from the fact that it was featured on pretty and pink but yeah we would never have never would have talked about these guys so i think it was a good decision to uh tackle the 80s through the uh the lens of john hughes next week we're going to return back to sort of our our normal format as far as um Just kind of talking about kind of what everybody feel like talking about. Diving into one album. Yeah. One album. um, And just talking about wherever we want to go, you know, wherever we decide to flow.
3: And I definitely, I want to spill beans, dude.
1: All right. Let's tell them.
3: So this is going to be a first for us. We are going to cover a brand new album. And it's going to be one of our favorite bands of all time, Easily, Always and Forever. Yep fleet foxes and their new album shore which just came out a few weeks ago came out a few weeks ago and i oh, man I, that album is just such a breath of fresh air dude. it's great
1: man it's one of those things that I, from what i read and i'm gonna have to dive much deeper into this but he he sort of hesitated like he he wasn't sure if he was going to release the record this year
3: um, yeah, it's it's one of those classic, like, we almost didn't even have it. Yeah, I'm guessing it
1: had to do with COVID, but we'll find out. We'll we'll dig into it a little bit more. And um, I'm curious to know how many of the, the Fleet Foxes crew that he's had with him in previous albums, how many of them showed
3: up on this record? Like, I don't know anything about it other than, obviously, it's Robin Pecknold. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the horn player... Same dude, because there's a moment in this new album where I'm, where I thought, is he going to go? Yeah. Is he going to go ham on the horn again? And definitely not, but I I got worried for a second. Ham
1: on the horn. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so that's next week. We're going to talk about Fleet Fox's brand new record shore and dude, it couldn't have dropped in a better time in in the world. man. Well,
3: yeah. and, And they dropped it on the uh the equinox the autumn of course autumnal equinox That's right on brand with flea foxes yeah yep. Yeah. all right q let's do our um
1: let's do our what you heard segment do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i'll go first all right so q what you heard um well hold on let me break it down for people q i have a feeling we may have some new listeners just between now and last week you might be right dude just a hunch so you might be right I don't know if we've really explained what what you heard is lately, but basically the idea is, I say, "Hey, Q, what you heard?" and then he he you know brings a song to the table, and I say, "And I say, well, let me tell you, friend." And he says, "Let me tell you, friend." And then he plays a song. The idea is, you know, Q and I, we listen to a ton of music, obviously, and um, this is just another way to bring two more tracks to the episode that are usually, you know completely unrelated to the artists, artist or artists that we're talking about on the given episode. And they're usually two very different genres too. So it's just a way to kind of mix it up and just hear two other songs. Hopefully we're introducing you guys to something else new that you haven't heard before. And uh, that's basically it. And we have a Spotify playlist to go along with it. So every week, two new tracks get added to that playlist. That's uh, the two tracks that we pick for the What You Heard. And if you follow the playlist, you'll get to hear those two songs before the episode even drops because we basically will add it to the playlist right after we're done with this episode, recording this episode. Anyway, all right, Cube. So, uh, what you heard? All right, brother.
3: So, we're both big fans of Panda Bear. Panda Bear. Noah, Noah Linux. Noah Linux. Noah Linux. Yes he is big fan of him Q, who, what, what band was he in uh, he, he is one of the founding members of Animal Collective which is another one of my favorite bands uh, and his solo work is also fantastic too um, he also pretty much just brightens up any song that he's on he, he, he shows up on a lot of random albums a few that I'm thinking of in particular you remember that Atlas Sound song oh yeah Walkabout I love that song man Me too, dude. And I think most people probably, if they don't know Panda Bear, they don't realize that he shows up in Random Access Memories by Daft Punk in that Doing It Right song. Mm. Doing it right, and I'm talking about the things, and I'm doing it right. I don't know the I don't think those are the lyrics. (laughs) Close enough, though. Um, But he just popped up in an album that came out last year uh, from a band called Teebs. It's Whoa. actually just one person. Yeah, yeah. I know Tebes. Uh, dude, I'm a big fan of Teebs
1: way before this came out. Teebs is like an electronic uh kind of down tempo guy.
3: Yeah, I, I haven't actually uh, listened to much of, of his stuff. Okay, I'm actually I actually am very familiar with this track that you're about to play. Actually, because I follow cool. Tebes, and so I
1: I got excited because this was a new Teebs track and I just thought it was kind of a bonus that Noah Lennox showed up on it.
3: Well, this isn't new, this came out last year, brother.
1: Oh really? All right. Well,
3: I stumbled upon it at some point this year. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, this is a song from Teebs. It is uh, on the album Annika. And this song features Mr. Panda Bear on there. The song is called Study. His voice is so great. I just love his voice, dude. Yeah. And I love his songwriting. I mean, I don't know how much, I'm sure most of this was his writing because it just, it. that's just a Panda Bear song. Yeah, you know definitely. What I, mean? I was thinking that too. Um, yeah. Anyways, man, I just, everything that Noah Lennox does, I love. Also just side note, because I just, just want to say this, my favorite Panda Bear album, if anyone wants to get into him a little bit more, is Person Pitch came out in 2007. Give that album a listen. If you liked what you heard just now, you will love it. Didn't I find a copy of that? Yes, and you and you gave and it, I it to me brother. It's it one of the best gifts that I've received. Boom, it was, you're welcome. Was, it was dude. It was such a surprise, man. Because that that record is hard to find. Guess where I found it, Kim? You don't have to tell me, dude. Josie, Josie Records. Josie Records.
1: If you live in heaven on earth, in man, in the DFW area, swing by Josie Records. It's off of Josie. Yeah. If you you know case you need to know but
3: if you do not walk into that store with at least a hundred dollars cash you're going to be putting stuff on your credit card it's
1: dangerous yeah yeah they have a section off to the left against the wall where it's more of the rare stuff and i think that's where i found it wow that's where the that's where like like i said bring a wad of cash but yeah anyway good stuff so all right q what have I heard, you ask? Yeah. Let me tell you what. What I've heard.
3: What, you, what have you been hearing
1: lately? So I'm not gonna get it, go go into the whole backstory here, Q. You're
3: not gonna paint a picture? I'm not today gonna I paint
1: did. any pictures today. Other than the fact that this week is hack week.
3: <laughs> this is something I know, dude. I know you know. <laughs> you told me but, uh, many times.
1: I am a developer, as I've said multiple times on this podcast. The company I work for we do something called Hack Week once a year.
3: Yeah, dude, he's just so giddy about well, it. Travis has told me this like it's, twice it, in the last. It's a blast. Twenty four hours. Anyway, we partner with. I co- mean, we're gonna we're we're gonna have to start a little bit later. It's it's Hack Week. I just wanted to <laughs> let you
1: know, Q, that it was Hack Week. Yeah. So you know. I know, dude. <laughs> anyway, it's Hack Week, like I was saying. <laughs> and um, what that means is we have a we have one of our uh, clients is called Heifer, um, Heifer International. They are basically like a nonprofit where you can. Um, they're trying to end world hunger and poverty queue that's the mission yeah
3: i i get a postcard from them every year there you
1: go so anyway we basically spend a week working on a bunch of projects for them and that's why we call it hack week because the entire company uh, is devoted to this one client versus you know we have dozens of clients that we work on throughout the year right anyway so one of the things that we're doing because we're virtual this year we're doing it remote usually we have people that can you know play music or something like that while we're coding right so i've been putting together a playlist of electronic music and i'm going to do um like we use it's not called turntable fm anymore um, but you remember turntable fm .fm. turntable.fm there's several other sites out there that essentially you know offer the same you know function right and you can tie them into spotify which is cool anyway what i'm saying is like i've been going through and listening to a bunch of old electronic music from like my electric saturdays um list from back in the new desk days and um anyway i was a big fan of what you brought to the table last week dude that office well that was a brand new like video game soundtrack good. just happened to be electronic anyway um so this artist he goes by box cutter and he to, to me i'm only familiar with this one song that i i think did as a An Electric Saturday years ago, so I finally listened to the record. the The name of the record is called The Dissolve. came out in twenty eleven, and I've bounced around and listened to a bunch of his stuff. He's kind of a drum and bass guy, so he's been compared to Eamon Tobin, and he also gets compared to Boards of Canada, which you know Eamon Tobin is very much drum and bass. Boards of Canada is more like IDM, right?
3: a little more ambient yeah yeah
1: so this record is more along the lines of boys of canada it's also got some synth wave vibes to it so we're going to listen to a song called passerby Like the electronic guitar element that gets thrown in there, you know, kind of cool. Yeah,
3: it's got a really cool, like dark, dark vibe. Yeah, it. which I, I say that a lot. Sure, And I'm just I understand. Songs, I understand but, yeah.
1: So now, this is insane, right here, KQ. We did not, we did not coordinate this, you and I. So I'm reading a a review by the BBC of this record, a review that came out the year that it came out, in 2011, and the guy says here. Vocalist Brian Green appears three times on the record, and it says here, more like Panda Bear Mm, than any artist to be found alongside Box Cutter in the Dance Electronica racks. What? What the fuck? So (laughs) the person who reviewed this record-
3: What are the fucking odds, (laughs) Back in 2011,
1: referenced Panda Bear when talking about a vocalist that appears on a few tracks called Brian Green, who I'm not familiar with. Anyway, that's that's a fucking small world, Q. Yeah,
3: dude, that's, that's kind of... That nutty. is wacky.
1: All right, so, Q, we got to talk about something that happened today. Um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be about a week since it happened, but uh, we learned late in the day that Eddie Van Halen died of... Throat cancer, throat I cancer.
3: Believe. yeah, Throat cancer, yeah.
1: So for fans of rock music across the globe, this was pretty shocking today to hear this. Yeah. Because I mean, dude, I mean he has he has been elevated to God status and in guitar circles, you know. Yeah. So you just and he was like sixty five, I
3: think. So not even that taken old. Taken way
1: too early. And yeah. it's just hard to to think about um, icons that are that
3: larger than life you know yeah
1: uh well dude you know
3: what he's shredding licks up there with cobain he took a jimmy stairway Andrews. to heaven
1: and he's playing with well i guess yeah hold on now <laughs> jimmy page isn't dead yet but uh yeah yeah he's up there with other other uh rock gods that have passed before him uh if you believe in that kind of thing, Thank you.
3: Uh, yeah. but you, you know, know what? why not just entertaining the sure. idea. okay
1: But anyway, um,
3: yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, that that hit me pretty hard. It takes a little
1: bit to process that. And, um, you know, we decided that we're going to close out the episode with eruption, which I think I, I may have talked about that. So the thing is we did a Van Halen episode not too long ago. Um, yeah so if you go back a few episodes i think we
3: did it i think we did him justice too i think that was a fun episode so we
1: played some cool songs yeah really cool songs we we played a few tracks that were non-singles from three of their records so if you go back a few a few weeks you can listen to us talk about um, van halen and i'm pretty sure i talked about eruption and how much like plenty of other young guitarists like myself or just fans of rock music in general when you hear Eruption. It, you know, you just the notes that are that are flying out of the speakers coming from, you know, Eddie's fingers. It's insane, right? It's yeah, mind blowing.
3: You just throw in the towel right there and say, "Just why should I even bother?" Because I'm never going to be. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, good. sure.
1: But no, what it does <laughs> is immediately, you know, every budding guitar player immediately learns how to finger tap after listening to that because you want to be able to i remember when you did yeah you want to be able to try to emulate that as 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 best as you possibly can and you can you never will be able to but you can try
3: if it wasn't eddie that got you into finger tapping it was probably uh kirk hammer yeah
1: exactly but anyway you know eddie was kind of the pioneer of that he wasn't the first to do it but he was the one who who made it what it was you know what it is yeah anyway so let's let's listen to eruption we're going to close that's going to close us out um so yeah listen to
3: some van halen you know it's time to remember how badass this guy was um yeah yeah uh you can find us on nofillerpodcast.com where you can check out all our show notes look at the track lists for each episode you can also find us on the pantheon podcast network that is our home our the music network that is loaded with lots of other great music podcasts. It's erupting, Q. With it's, it's erupting with excellent music podcasts. Absolutely, and that is pantheonpodcast.com. dot com. Find us on Twitter as well at nofillerpodcast. Find us on is the that Twitter. The name of our is that the name yep. of our Twitter? Hang uh on. sure. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Dude, we're terrible <laughs> at no this, filler. At no terrible filler at
1: the socials. Or is it just at no filler? It's at no filler podcast. There you go. Actually, you know what? <sighs> if you go to our Twitter account right now, I retweeted our our Van Halen tweet because uh, I wanted to put it up at the top. Um, so if you want to listen to our episode. With that badass
3: picture of Eddie. That is a cool shred- picture. Just shredding it, dude. That's yeah, right. That's a really cool picture.
1: Go Go to our Twitter account. You'll see a badass picture of Eddie. You can listen to our episode. All right. That's it. We're done.
3: This is it. Yeah, we're done. All
1: right. Next week, we're talking about Fleet Fox's brand new record, Shores. And we're going to have Eddie close us out with Eruption. And that's going to do it for us this week. My name is Travis. And my name is Quentin. Talk to you all next week.